Hi, welcome to the Soothing Voices podcast. I'm Yulia, and I'm here with a very special guest, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. Just hanging out at home. Yesterday was my off day, so I actually got to sleep in. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I've been a little sick, so as you can hear, my voice doesn't sound the same, but it's okay. Um, so tell us, let's get into it. Let, tell us what is your origin story. Tell us who you are. Um, yeah, tell us about yourself. My origin story. <laughs> well, um, I was born on the 4th of July, so I was Ooh. born to be a firecracker. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just have always like really enjoyed weird hobbies. Like when I was a kid, I did synchronized swimming. Um I've always loved dance, but I never really liked the kind of dance that my parents put me in, you know, like jazz and tap was never my thing. But um, when I was in high school, one of my friends got a pole. (laughs) She was like two years older than me. Um, And I went over to her house and she taught me a few things and I like knew I had to go take a class. So I started taking pole classes at 15 on and off. Um, and I took a lot of time off with college and stuff, but I just, I love it so much. It's my favorite thing ever. It like really allowed me to apply some of my favorite things about dance to an apparatus that just like felt really comfortable to me. Um, and then through pole, other things opened up. So now I do aerial, I do fire. Um, I do a little bit of like, adult work. (laughs) Um, I, I do pretty much anything I can get my hands on. I'll try it once. Um, yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, yeah. So we met in a very fun place. (laughs) I went, uh, we went to, um, so, I mean, it says that you're a pole, your Instagram says I'm a, a pole dancing circus freak, which is really yes. cool. And so we <laughs> met, the first time I saw you, you were on this beautiful stage <laughs> and there was a pole. Oh, and, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and like you caught my attention because I take pole dancing classes. I'm a newbie. I take like, I'm two months in, I think three months in. I actually got a pole. I'm getting, Yay. it's going to come in on Friday and I'm so happy. Oh my God. Yes. Use it. Please <laughs> use it. Cause like everybody gets a pole. I'm guilty of this myself. Everyone gets a pole and then it just sits there in the house. <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm definitely going to use it. I, I already have a schedule planned. Out. <laughs> I'm oh, gonna good. Use it. That's, that's why way. I'm really excited to talk to you today because I'm like, okay, I need like inspiration. I need tips and things like that. And um, so one of the things that I learned from you just watching you dance <clears throat> was um, the way you move your body. You flow so beautifully. It's like water. Um, your body just moves so beautifully. And every time I actually, when I walk my dog, I think about that. Like when you first uh, stepped on stage and like, I think you were... Like you just put your foot, I think it was your right or leg, left leg, I don't remember. But it was just (laughs) like you stepped on stage and it just like took over the room. And it was so incredible. (laughs) So I'm like, I want to do that. I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to be so comfortable in my body. And so my first question is, how did you learn to be so comfortable in your body? And what tips do you have? Because I feel like there's so much you can learn from dance and and how it reflects to your regular life oh yeah dance and especially pole dancing has like 
definitely made my confidence so much stronger. Um, pole dancing in general, like the community is very, very positive and supportive. Um, we do have some like little pockets of people that want to cause problems. Like we have the people that are like, not a stripper. And it's just like, oh, shut up. No one cares. Like just do your <laughs> tricks. It's fine. Um, but I feel like dance has helped me with that a lot. Like it's funny when you explained uh, how you felt when I walked on stage. Mm-hmm. That is actually always that has always been my goal Mm. um I've always wanted to have that presence where when you walk into the room you can kind of just feel it and everybody looks at you because when I first started polling um my first few instructors were older women they were all I mean like not old old but they were about 40 you know and I started polling when I was 15 and I think for me it was really important and um to see like these older women doing this really hard and amazing sport first off like my first instructor was 43 years old and she had an eight pack and she was just completely ripped and she was very confident and she was super sexy and it made me like very not scared of my age and like aging which was a big thing um and I realized watching all of these amazing performers that the thing that makes them so eye-catching is that confidence and that personality and at the end of the day like being as much of themselves as they can on stage Mm -hmm. um and even when you're dressed up as a character there's like something that's kind of when you're comfortable like when you can kind of relax in the moment that's when the real power of the performance can come through and I think that just kind of happens with practice and like repeating things over and over again till they're like your body knows what it's doing so you don't have to think about it and then you can just pay attention to other things like the music or the audience um like when I'm if I'm getting ready for a competition the first like two months that I'm running my piece my face is completely blank and I am just running it running it running it trying to get it in my body and then probably like the last week when I'm ready to perform, that's when I can relax and have fun. And that's when you get to see the presence that you're talking about, the like enjoying the moment. Oh, that makes sense. Because that's another thing I also noticed was your eye contact. There was this like very, like your body matched your eyes. And it was like (laughs) just this flow state of, and that's the art, right? That's that's the dance piece. It's like you match, it's like you are, that's the performance. You're matching your body and your eyes match. And there's this confidence in your eyes that matches the dance. And so I just thought it was so beautiful because I'm like, okay, I need to practice. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. I will say it took me a really long time to get there. Like I've been polling for about 10 years and I've probably only been really comfortable performing for the last two. Oh, wow. So what, uh, what happened in between that, like the 10 years and then two years where you're like, I'm confident I can do this. Well, I um, I started in high school, and when I graduated high school, I took a year off, and I pretty much only did pole for about a year straight. And mm-hmm. right at the end of that year, I um, was going. I was like in my head planning when I came back from school to do a competition because I was really strong and I had my own pole. And I was like, I'm going to go up to school. I'm going to practice, and then when I come back in the summer, I'm going to do a competition. 
And then I went to college and a uh, freshman 50 hit, not 15, oh. 50. <laughs> I got really, really heavy. I came back in the summer. Um, I could not do any of the tricks that I could before I left because I had lost muscle and I was heavier. So it was mm. like, I couldn't even lift myself upside down. I remember like it being in the car on the way home from class that first time and crying and just being like, oh. I couldn't lift myself up. <laughs> I lost everything. <laughs> um, so I like, when I went back to school, my last three years, I took a bunch of fitness classes. I was taking Pilates and like everything. I could not shake the weight off. It was so frustrating. So like I got a little sad, you know, and I did, I wasn't pulling as much and I wasn't doing aerial. And then, um, finally my last semester of college, a, uh, one woman started teaching hoop out of a Pilates studio that was like around the corner from my house and they were ridiculously overpriced, but it was like my only moment of happiness <laughs> while I was up there. So I started taking Lyra again. And, um, when I came back from school, I just dove straight into pole. And like, even though I was working normal jobs, I would like go to work and work my eight hours. And then I'd hop on the bus for two hours and take two or three classes. And then I'd come home and sleep and do it all over again the next day. Um, yeah. And then quarantine happened. And I was like, right before quarantine, I was actually getting ready for a pole competition. And I was like, I had it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I had it in the bag. I was like, I'm going to win this. I like, I don't know. It would have taken a miracle to beat that routine. It was so good. And mm -hmm. I was so excited for it. And then the shutdown happened that Thursday oh, wow. and the competition was that Saturday. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had been training for like, six months. I'd been eating nothing but salad wow. for two months. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I was so sad. Um, so I, the competition like was canceled, everything was canceled, but, um, we had this huge shutdown and then I was like stuck. I couldn't go to my pole studio cause it was closed down. I couldn't train at home cause I was living with my parents and they wouldn't let me put a pole up. And then oh. like, Two weeks in, I was like, oh, I can't live with my parents for a quarantine. This is not going to work. And I found mm -hmm. this awesome um, aerialist that I used to go and watch her performances. There are really cool shows in L.A. called Wicked Women. Um, it's her and her business partner, Kelsey. And they, they put on these awesome shows. It's a bunch of burlesque performers and aerialists. But one of them was looking for a um, roommate. <laughs> and so... I moved into this awesome loft that had an aerial rig and it had two poles oh, wow. and I basically just had this whole playground and it was like, you know, I'm locked down in a pandemic in this like aerial gym. So I just got to play all the time and pole dance. And then that's when like OnlyFans blew up. So I started making some pole videos online and people really liked them. And then finally my roommate was like, Hey, when things open up, you should try dancing because she used to dance. And um, mm -hmm. I had always wanted to, like, I really had always wanted to try it, but everyone else had kind of told me no, you know, or like wasn't very encouraging. And I really just needed someone to be like, yeah, you should do it. And <laughs> it's been the best decision I've ever made. It's so fun. I'm so, so glad that I did it. But um, yeah, that's, that's how long it took me to get there. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think like a lot of people always plan their lives out and they're like, yeah, so this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. And they don't actually. Oh my God, it never life. works out. It never works out. <laughs> right. Like I planned for so many things. I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be a chiropractor. I was going to be this. I was going to be that. 
Like just find something you actually like doing and write it out and see where it goes. Cause I think every time that will get you farther. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think for me, like working in social media, I just did it for fun because I liked being on Facebook. This was like 10 years ago. Yeah. I like being on Facebook and that was like my passion and shit. And people would make fun. My siblings would be like, what the fuck are you on there? It's stupid. <laughs> no. And now like, I'm like, oh, hey, everybody, <laughs> everyone like wants to hire a social media person now because of how important it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, I definitely relate to that deeply. And I really liked how, um, how you were able to manifest like a playground for yourself. And that is really, and you had, and you started to have fun. And I really like that. I think for me, when I started pole, I, I mean, what, three, three months ago, I was horrible. Like, at least I could do some things now. Um, but one thing I learned was trusting my body, I think, and trusting the pole. I think my teacher oh, would, yeah. says that all the time. Trust your body, trust the pole. Yes. Don't think. <laughs> so it's like a different kind of experience, like a different relationship to have with your body, because I think the society is very like brain heavy, like, oh, your brain is the most important part of your, you know, like your brain is so important. It is important, but your body is also important. And having body intelligence yes. is also very important. I think that like watching you dance, you can see the beauty of the bo your body's intelligence like coming to life. Um, it kind of felt like like watching. So I'm into like goddess worship and stuff. Yes, and like you can sense a really <laughs> you can sense like the goddess of life through the energy that you like move, how you move. It's like the goddess of life comes to life and you can see that. And it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Seriously, that makes me feel so happy. <laughs> I think some of that energy comes from um, the fire dancing. I definitely feel like, cause I just, I just started fire dancing maybe three years ago. Um, and I like really, I've not even that super into it. I don't know all the crazy tricks. I mostly just really love holding fire. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, um, that is kind of like a spiritual, I'm not really a spiritual person, but there's definitely something about like staring into flames or like holding fire. There's like a power there. And I feel like when you're performing, if you can access like a memory or a thing that makes you feel powerful, um, that kind of helps build up the confidence that you're, you're describing seeing, you know? Um, and that could be another tool too, for like helping someone feel confident when they're performing. Like I always try to say, if you don't feel like you can do something, you know, cause it's like, Oh, I haven't been dancing for that long. I'm not confident in myself. Put on a different hat, pretend that you're somebody else. Think of your favorite instructor mm. or your favorite performer and be them for a minute, you know? Mm. And like mm -hmm. eventually, it will turn into your own power, if that makes sense. But you can start Ooh. with a different one to kind of like just see how it feels, you know? Because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's kind I, of like whatever makes you feel powerful is going to be different for them than that other person. That is so true. Because I have this episode, um, I don't know if you ever read the book Art of Seduction, but it talks about like the siren. And I feel like you have very siren energy. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, like it, I can sense it because he talks about how like it's in the voice, it's in the movement, it's in the clothes, it's in like the details. And I can see, I think because I I love that book. I and need I to can, read it. And, 
Yeah, it's really good. So basically it shows like different archetypes. So one of them is the siren and then it just goes through like um, historical context of like of different women. So like Cleopatra, Marilyn Monroe and like how they were able to become a siren and how you can emulate Mm -hmm. that. Similar to what you said, take on their power and then make it your own. Um, and so it's very, uh, so it's a really good, it's a really great book. And, um, and I can sense like, and and it's funny cause I put that episode out or I recorded it and then went to go see you dance. And, um, and I was like, I can see the siren, like <laughs> yes. her movements, her eye contact, the voice, like everything is there. And I'm like, wow, like she really took the time to understand herself and and take on that power. That's why I was like, oh, I can see the goddess of life. Oh my God, thank like, you. Like you're dancing. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I was like, I want to interview you because I feel like you have a lot. I think that just watching you dance really taught me a lot about myself and like how I can master myself and my body um, through that process. Because if it, even as simple as walking my dog. I mean. No, but really, and like <laughs> have it, it's, it comes from like the littlest things, you know, like it, it will translate into just walking your dog. But I, I think it's really important to watch. Like when I first started dancing in the clubs, all I did for the first month was sit and watch the other girls. And I saw how they talked mm. to guys and I saw like, you know, body language and who, like how long people waited to approach, uh, how aggressive people got sit on their lap, don't sit on their lap, like things like that. Um, but Mm -hmm. I feel like when you watch how other people do, uh, do things, you learn what to do, but also what not to do. Like you learn things that don't Mm. work for you or like you see people do things and you're like, Oh, I don't really want to do that. Or like when you're learning dance, for instance, there's things that your body doesn't want to do, you know, there'll be tricks Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, I can do it, but it doesn't feel good on my body. So I'm not going to use it in a routine, you know? So it's it's like, why would I use it? It's not for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but like, you have Mm -hmm. to try those things or you have to see them to know what your options are as well. I like that. Yeah, because that's exactly what I was doing when I was there. I was like just watching people, watching other dancers. And it's really interesting. And I was telling my friend this after we we had we've been having a few conversations about this, but you can tell like some of the women have like uh, fake body parts. (laughs) And so (laughs) you can tell that they don't flow with their body the same way you do because your body is natural. And so you can see how they're not they're they're their their brains and their bodies are not fully connected yeah. because their bodies aren't fully natural so the dancing isn't natural it's very like you can see it's contrived and kind of not fully flowing through because it's not a you know it's not fully a natural yeah, body they part. don't have that connection to it anymore yeah, exactly. And so I think it's such an interesting thing how you can see humans and how we move our bodies. You can tell so much from the way we move our mm-hmm. bodies. And so like when I was sitting there watching people interact with each other and talk to each other, you can kind of see that flow, which kind of brings me to the conversation about um, implicit consent and explicit consent. Because I, so I, I was an anthropology minor in college, so I love like uh, analyzing culture and humans and how we connect with each other. And like I, I told you, I was like, I've never had a lap dance yeah. before. So you're like <laughs> the first person to ever give me I a hope lap you dance. enjoyed it. <laughs> and so, yes, it was so amazing. I was like, yes, all the confidence. Oh, and, you know, it was so Honestly, beautiful. Honestly, they make me so uncomfortable. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like having the tables turned. I've <laughs> 
Oh, like you sitting there. Oh my there. god, yeah, it makes me so awkward. My friends have done it. Have like given me lap dances before, and I like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it was a beautiful kind of um, experience because it was different, and it was different for me because I'm very used to like <clears throat> explicit consent. So, um, like when someone says, "Okay, touch me here, touch mm-hmm. me there," like I need them to verbally say it. Um, and so it's interesting to see the difference in that space where there's some implicit consent, like go with the flow and like, you can touch me, but I don't know when yeah. to touch. And so I, because when I've got, when I, from what I've learned, I mean, I've only been to like two strip clubs, I think my whole life. Um, it's like, don't touch the dancers. Um, <clears throat> but so basically I think there was a part where you were like, oh, you can touch me. And I'm like, okay, she yeah. consented. Cool. <laughs> I mean, honest, sorry, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I might not be the best person um, to, uh, like, go to as far as, like, the rules on touching or not. I um, Mm -hmm. just started dancing in June, and the only clubs I've danced in are nude clubs in L.A., except for that one we went to as a topless bar. But Mm -hmm. um, nude clubs in L.A. are pretty much anything goes, um, the majority of the clubs. So, like... I have never been at a club yet where someone has told people not to touch the girls, except for like maybe if you're on stage and the person's getting like really touchy. So I don't even really know what the rules at that club are. Um, But in general, I really do like when customers ask me what they can or can't do. Like I will set the bar of like no touching or I will allow a touch like depending on the dance I'll say like like I did with you I'll be like you can touch my butt don't worry about it um but like there definitely have also been moments where I've had lots of people like just start touching without any kind of um permission which is extremely like not (laughs) you know like we don't want that in the club um Mm -hmm, and I feel mm -hmm. like the club we were at specifically is actually very strict and I appreciate that they were like I feel like they had a lot more room for consent um because it's a Mm -hmm. lot better monitored which is nice yeah definitely I think that um and, and I'm I mean I'm as a woman and especially me have kind of having different kind of training in my life and how I train myself to connect with other people. Um, very big on implicit, explicit consent where people explicitly tell yeah. me what they want, what they yeah. don't want. And so it's interesting to see sometimes how there are people that they don't have that communication style. They don't actually, um, they don't actually wait for consent. They don't. And I think there's not that conversation. And so I think it's really important to always respect people. doesn't matter um, who they are. Like I remember in therapy, my therapist was like, you could be naked in front of someone and you can, and they can Literally that's what being a stripper is like. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can literally, like they have to respect you and your body and, and that's important. And so, um, and so navigating that as a, as a woman, because, usually that happens to us as women is having to kind of deal with that that line between explicit and implicit consent. And so um, I think it's important to like, for men to learn those skills, like they're important skills to learn. Yeah, I feel like we just don't, as like in general, as a society, people don't like to have awkward conversations. And like sometimes, you know, like stopping to get consent or ask for consent can like, 
you know, it can ruin the moment or it can feel awkward or whatever. And I think a lot of people just like, we need to practice it more to like make it more routine. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I, I, I tend to lean more towards implicit consent. I am a really big fan of nonverbal communication. That was like one of my favorite things to study in college. I have a com- communication degree. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that, <laughs> but I, I really, really enjoy nonverbal communication. I think um, body language is so important, especially as a dancer. I've always been like very hyper aware of how people are situated in a room, their posture, if they're leaning towards me. Like I'm pretty good at sensing somebody's mood based on their body language. Um, and so being a dancer is relatively easy because I can usually, one, tell if somebody's going to try and do something before they do it so I can stop them. Mm -hmm. Um, which is usually where, like, I don't usually get them asking for consent, but I almost always have the ability to like stop, uh, the situation from escalating. Um, I've never had any serious issues yet, knock on wood. (laughs) But, um, I definitely Mm -hmm. feel like as a culture, it would just be so much nicer if people could be a little more comfortable with explicitly saying their lines, like before we can go into a dance, you know? Um, but I also feel Mm -hmm. like in, in the kind of work I do, it's difficult, um, as a dancer, if you're trying to sell dances, it's hard to be too explicit because at the end of the day, you are trying to like, you know, sweet talk these people into getting rooms and hint at things without actually saying it, you know? So sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, it works against our advantage professionally to be too clear. Mm -hmm. And then that'll backfire, you know, in the rooms if you're not aware. Um, so it could be a little bit of a sticky situation. Yeah, so it sounds like it's definitely like a skill to learn between like body language and mastering that and mastering kind of the, yeah, like promotional, like promotion basically. (laughs) Like really understanding that language and understanding how do you entice someone to want to Mm -hmm. connect with you um, so that you both benefit from the situation. That makes sense. I like that. Um, So... We're at 25 minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so basically, I have two other questions. This was one. This is my favorite question, but I'm going to ask this question in two parts for you specifically. So number one, um, I always ask everyone this. Uh, if your voice was an instrument, what instrument would it be and why? But I think for you, I would ask if your, vo- if your body was an instrument, what instrument would it be? Oh, okay. So you want me to say body or voice? Or both. Okay. Uh, both. If my voice was an instrument, I wish that my voice would be like, um, what are the, uh, what are those giant, like, it's not a piano, but they have them in a church organ. I love organ oh, music. Organ. Um, <laughs> so weird, but it's so nice. Um, I wish that was my voice, but realistically my voice is probably more like a violin. <laughs> Um, and I think my body would probably be, I picture like, you know, those little flutes that they use to charm a snake. Yeah. Ooh. That would be my body. <laughs> I can see that. I love that. I like that. I can see that. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I can definitely agree. I definitely felt like mesmerized and like hypnotized by your body and how you dance. And it was so beautiful. And thank you so much for that, that amazing opportunity. Um, because it really thank inspired me. Thank you so much for lot. appreciating um, it. It's to, not often that people who yeah. see me perform in that setting appreciate my stage presence. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> No, your stage <laughs> is incredible. Like, especially watching everyone else. I was like, wow, she's just, yes, yeah, she know, like, wow, she's amazing. So I, when we talked, you were like, I've been doing pole for 10 years. I'm like, oh, I knew, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yes. Because <laughs> some of my teachers, like, they, they go from being regular uh, in their regular clothes and then they go into their, like, um, their, their pole dancing class clothes and it's like they transform into, like, another beautiful being and I'm like, wow, Yeah, it's like the sexy amazing. Hannah Montana so I saw the situation. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, by night, definitely. I'm a beast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. kind of like Superman. Like, yeah, like <laughs> Superman, for sure. Um, so my last question is, uh, would you like people to follow you on social media? And if so, what is your social media? Oh my God, yes, please. It's um, MS underscore Taylor underscore Tot. Miss Taylor Tot. Please follow me. <laughs> I like that. Sorry if I'm inappropriate, yes. though. I post a lot of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's half butt, half my dog, so. <laughs> yes, and then, like, your aerial. Yeah, thing. I'll yeah, occasionally so post a hammock or something like that. I teach on Thursdays, so I've been trying yeah. to take videos when I go in, but um, sometimes my students are there early, so I don't get to jam as much. Oh, no. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's a great conversation. And um, I'm so, I, hopefully I can go, come see you again. Oh my it's God, yes. I'm at a different club. And I will yeah. not be returning to that one. That place is cool, but it's not my vibe. Um, <laughs> but if you ever want to come see me, I will be performing a lot and I'll probably be competing. You should come to a pole competition, especially if you Ooh, take classes. Yeah. Pole. Pole competitions are really fun. Um, They always need volunteers too, so you could watch it for free and volunteer for a couple hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, super fun. Check it out. Pole Sport Organization. They have like a whole thing of volunteer stuff and competition information. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. I will definitely follow them and I'll DM you about it. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. If you want to be on my podcast, DM me on Twitter or Instagram at SoothingVoiceYG. Again, SoothingVoiceYG. This episode was produced and engineered by Kendram. <laughs>